This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, yours truly, Franklin Proctor. Good morning, Good Franklin. Good morning to you, Charlie, and all the rest of our folks out there listening mm. in. On a, what is a good-looking Saturday morning, look at Blue skies out there, right. some of the clouds. If you look west, it's quite oh. black. Oh, <laughs> There oh is my. some snow coming. Now I turn around and look out <laughs> yeah, over uh, Liberty Street, and it is, as you say, a little dark for that area. But uh, it's not spring yet. We're no. still winter, so stay calm. Oh, a couple and more I, was, days. I was just telling <laughs> poor Charlie. Poor Charlie. Never poor, poor, poor you. Poor, poor, poor you. Shirley. Yeah. She did a massive cleanup in the basement the day before yesterday. Which was so, timely by yes, the sounds of it. Uh, well, yeah, because uh, the next morning I was out at the gym early, and uh, when I came home, or at least I met her for coffee at 8 o'clock in the morning, she, she walked in and her face was just uh, like, uh, looked like she was ready to cry. Mm-hmm. I said, well, What's the matter? She said, We've got a flood. Oh. And oh my God, we bought two inches of water in the entire basement. Had to have a plumber, plumber come in. Good guy. Uh, shout out to Wade. Yeah, it of, sounds uh, like watertight he, plumbing. He did some <laughs> yeah. good things, though. Oh my God. Well, he put in a, a sump pump. I can't believe it's never been there before, but it, it hadn't. And Well, I guess there's a lot of liquid. Well, the sun thaw, well, yeah. but the ground is still frozen. And, and so there's nowhere water, for that water exactly. to go. And you're, the design of the place you live in has a low yeah. sitting garage, yeah. Yeah. obviously on basement. And high water uh, table. table. Oh, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're not alone. No. A lot of people, and of course, a lot Calidate. of folks around. Oh, with with the Humber River, mm-hmm. uh, the ice flow and so mm-hmm. forth, they're moving people out of there, I saying know. you can't stay in the house. You know, if mm-hmm. it's you know, oh wow, dangerous. Anyway, anyway, yeah. gee, but um, we can still talk about wonderful things like oh. getting that spring is in the air. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spring starts, I believe, on Wednesday. You got it. And yeah. <clears throat> Let me get the phone numbers on the okay. air. That's my job. You know, True. really, basically. Mm-hmm. In Toronto, <laughs> your only job. Yeah, my I only job, really. You're right. Four one six three six zero. 0740, and then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra goes this way, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Sebastian, our operator, know. And then just before you get to the airwaves, you're going to hear that. That's your little... uh, um, Wings. Wings. Thank you. Garden wings. (laughs) That's the magic of the show. Exactly. <clears throat> magic in the air. Now, you've got not a problem this morning, but no, uh, for some all. reason or other. Well, uh, just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, normally, I do get a few, sometimes many, yeah. uh, emails via my MZ Media email uh-huh. or sometimes my Garden Solutions email yeah. of upcoming events, yeah. horticultural societies. But zilch today for some reason or other. Yeah. Nothing nothing so, to report. No no updates. Yeah. So we can offer a little service here. Yes. If you are a member of a Hort Society. 
and you know, like within the next week or two, mm-hmm. not you know into June and like that. <laughs> but if you got something happening, uh, kind of special, you got a special guest speaker coming in to cover whatever. But well, just means, a regular a show, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it's the time of year we, we're going to start getting into p- plant swaps and plant oh, sales because yeah. mm-hmm. you know spring Wednesday. Yeah. And you know days are clearly longer. Everybody's yeah, getting absolutely. excited to get outside. So you know, a couple more warm days, and we'll be out there with our rakes looking for. Well, I I can see where the snow mm-hmm. has melted in my place. Crumpled up newspapers are suddenly showing up, and all kinds of silliness is uh, emerging from beneath the, the ice and snow. And actually, my back patio has been a skating rink oh, for the last lovely. six weeks. Yeah. And I keep joking with the cats when they go out, you know, <laughs> put your skates on before you go, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and suddenly, yesterday... I see, I see stone. Yeah, oh. The ice is gone on the back patio. Yeah, so it melted goodness. and it moved away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, okay, you know what? I'm looking at our, our monitor here, and I see we have a caller, a first-time caller on the oh, line. Nice. So let's take our first little break now okay. and then come back and say hi to Anne, who's waiting on the line ever so patiently from Toronto. Right here, it's The Garden Show on the air from Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's uh, introduce Anne to the audience here. Anne, I know, lives in Toronto, at least I assume she's calling from Toronto. And first-time caller, so... Hey, there you go, Anne. Welcome. (laughs) Hi, Anne. Thanks. I feel like Tinkerbell. (laughs) (laughs) You can flit around just like Tinkerbell for sure. I wish I could. Um, I have a a very uh, big yew bush. I think it's a yew, an evergreen bush in front of my house. Mm -hmm. In the last uh, couple of years, I didn't have somebody to come and trim it. And it's gotten really high, like over five feet, Mm. quite really wide, like across my arm breadth, and I want to know how brutal can I be when I trim it, and when can I trim it? Okay, so the nice thing about yews is you can be quite brutal. Unlike, now, assuming it is a yew, I guess one of the easy ways to tell, number one, the little needles on it are not sharp. They're soft, right? There's no no pointiness. Uh They're also short. The little needles on yews are roughly a centimeter, half an inch long. Uh, The best thing about a yew, though, is that you can literally be brutal. Now, it's obviously a fairly old plant. It's overgrown. And this, this happens. Um, plants like this just get bigger and bigger. And before you know it, it's not in proportion with our house anymore. So the, the shrub is too big and the house suddenly looks like a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And, and keeping these plants in proportion to each other and to the buildings around them is important. Best time to do the trimming is just before and around the time where we're seeing the active growth. When that will be... It might be May, might be June, depends when spring happens, right? So it might be early June, mid-June. So never remove more than one-third of a plant at any one time just because it's too shocking to the plant. But you can be quite brutal with a you because it will sprout back with new growth off of old, barky, wooden stems and trunks. Mm-hmm. Most evergreens won't do that, but yous will. Okay, so because if I were to take off like the third, I mean, I wouldn't have any green left, basically. Yeah, and you don't want to leave it with absolutely no green because that would be so shocking that the plant would likely die. Mm-hmm. So then you'd have to say, okay... Um, you can also make it a two-part pruning process in this season coming. Uh-huh. So you could, you know, particularly if it's got branches that are interfering with a walkway or getting in the front door or something like that or, or covering a window. So sort of look at the plant, say, okay, 
why don't I take off this portion that's really bugging me as my first portion, which won't be as much as a third, but, you know, might be say, a quarter of the plant. Yeah. And then a month later, because in that month, a whole bunch of new growth is going to sprout, uh-huh. finish off the job in the sense of making it look balanced to get through the rest of this season. And then next spring, same thing again. And, and just it's a process taking yeah. it back to looking good again. Or what I've often had to ask clients to do in the past is, you know, there is a time like plants, particularly landscape foundation plants, plants around our foundation, they they do have a limited time frame. We accept that it makes sense to paint our dining rooms every 20 years minimum just to freshen them up. And it's the same with landscape plants. If they haven't been pruned and maintained properly, sometimes they just have to come out just to freshen up the the garden and get some fresh, new, proportional uh, stuff in there. It's gotten so high, like, if I walk there between the house and um, I've got, like, those patio stones between the the Mm -hmm. house foundation and this bush, Mm -hmm. but it's gotten so high, like, Somebody could hide there, yeah. but at the same time, I, I like something there because the basement windows are there. Right, so you've got the privacy for the basement. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, but of course the basement's down low, the windows, so there's right. no reason in the world why the height of that you can't come down because you're, there's a safety issue for sure, you know, around our doors and windows. Right. So right. you don't want to set up hiding spots or for anybody, homeless people, to move in, right? You want right. to have it so that it's, it's uh, fresh and clean and open and safe. And all the raccoons and the skunks. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the birds. They'll make yeah. nests and stuff, too. So, yeah. I mean, you can't... I, I wouldn't fight the wildlife, but I would. I do think safety should always be a priority, particularly at our front doors where we're going in and out. We shouldn't have to be, you know, checking behind our backs before we open the door. Right, right. Okay. okay. All right. So Great. Thanks very much. You're well, very welcome. Yeah, so don't be, af- don't be afraid to do that pruning, but maybe do it in a two-part process this season. Yeah. Well, this is what I, I sort of thought, like... Uh, you know, like because it's so wide, like mm. maybe do the one half towards mm-hmm. the front mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. you know, cut that down and maybe a foot or so. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I was thinking that that would be possible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and remember that to keep, this is always a bit of a, a challenge for plants when we do pruning and we are wounding them. Mm-hmm. So recognize that you are doing that to the plant and make sure you get some nice fresh compost to get around the base of the plant, mm-hmm. not touching the, the stem at all, but just the soil around that plant is probably quite um, empty of nutrient and organic matter because it's an old plant. And, so, and your pruner should be really clean. Clean uh, and sharp. And sharp, And yes. do all your pruning on a dry day. Yeah. 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 Supplementing, amending the soil is always a good idea when we're doing this kind of work. Right. Okay. Great. Okay. Hey, and thanks for being a first-time caller. Don't be afraid to come back, huh? (laughs) Don't be a stranger. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. As a matter of fact, I'm glancing up at our monitor here, Charlie, and I see we have another Anne on the line. This time from Haldeman County, but we have to take another little break here. And Anne in Haldeman County, you hang tight there. We'll be back to talk to you in just moments here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, to our listener in Haldeman County, is that Anne with an E? <laughs> That's right, Anne hey, with an E. Good stuff. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on? I'm calling to say I'd like to plant some more evergreens 
but I want something that's going to last really well, long-lived, mm. and will survive in the horrible Haldeman clay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what evergreens have you got growing there now? I have Austrian pines, but they're kind of no. gradually no. going. Yeah, and I told you once lived. before about them, wondering if maybe the fertilizers from the farms around us was doing it. You didn't think so. You thought we just they had lived their lifespan. Yeah, they are a short-lived plant, and they are susceptible to many diseases. So don't be planting any more Austrian pines. Right. Um, right. So, so you're looking for tall, like they, they grow like a big tall pine? I'm very open because I have lots of room here. I have uh, one and a half acres. Mm, nice. So, and, and of course... Evergreens are so perfect if you've got uh, a side of your yard that's on the northwest side of your home. To Now, you don't do any planting close to the home, but blocking that northwest wind in the winter oh, is an yeah. excellent way to save on heating costs. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what comes to my mind? Fast-growing, long-lived Norway spruce. Norway spruce? Yeah, fast-growing, long-lived, and tall. Of course, oh. everybody loves the Colorado blue spruce. Yeah, which, I know. You know gives you that, it's not as fast-growing as the Norway. Um, right. But the spruces will, will do reasonably well in a clay soil. Okay. A, a native now, evergreen would be a hemlock, and hemlocks are pretty amenable. They don't like being in super wet spots. So if you've got... They'll handle the clay. They just want to sit in a soggy spot. But hemlock is a native plant, lovely, and Again, soft, needled, gets very tall, um, and can be pruned, etc., to make it more dense. If it's not, you know, at first, if it's all a bit open, and you want to make it a more dense plant, you can do shearing on, on hemlocks, no problem. Okay, that sounds good because I have no shelter from the wind in any direction because the farms around me are all set back from the road. So mm-hmm. I'm like an island. Right. No matter which way the wind comes from, I get it. Right. So, right. That, yeah. so that you, it's absolutely a great idea for you. You're a perfect candidate for getting whatever number, two, three, four, five evergreens. They don't have to be big now. You can get them, you know, meter tall if you want, affordable price. Make okay. sure you're planting them well away from the house. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, these plants are going to be 40 feet tall and 20 feet wide. So recognize they have to be planted far from each other as well. So they'll grow up as a clump, as a stand of evergreens along that sort of northwest quadrant, because that's your prevailing wind, and that's the cold wind in the winter. On the south side of your house, on the other hand, if you can get yourself a nice deciduous tree, like a, a sugar maple, a, a ginkgo, a, I love my katsura tree, something that's going to grow up quite quickly and give you shade in the summer, again, mm-hmm. keeping your home cooler by shading it in the summer, but then the leaves drop in the fall and the sun gets through in the winter, so you've got the warm sun in the winter, warming your house, but you've got the cool shade in the summer, cooling your house. So the south side of the house, deciduous, northwest side, evergreen. Now on the south side of my property... I have the septic tank and the weeping tile. Right. So you have you know where that is, and you have to stay. stay yeah. No trees go on top of, obviously. Though you can go just beyond the weeping tile, typically with trees. You just don't plant over top of the tile. Um, so the roots won't stretch out to the weeping tile. Um, they will, but what's coming out of the weeping tile is supposed to be water, so um, they're just going to take the water. You know, it's not, you just don't want them, you know, don't be planting willow or, or poplar or something like that. Well, that yeah, are, I knew not, yeah. not to do that yeah. living in the north. Yeah, so that just because the roots are so vigorous that they will end up climbing, you know, growing right mm-hmm. into the tile. But, um, yeah, I mean, 
I'd have to double check exactly what the rules are on distance from edge of tile to trees. But as far as I know, generally speaking, as long as you're not on the tile, you're fine. You're just outside beyond. And uh, this is great. I uh, won't start planting next week, but maybe the yeah. week after. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'm hoping for the same, that we're all thawed yeah. and ready to go. Laughing out loud. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks right, for Anne. calling. Thank you very much. I uh, <laughs> hope you've got as good a day happening in Haldeman County. As uh, yeah. It seems to be, well, it, there's a lot of blue sky out there. Well, I uh, guess, yeah. I guess it's, um, it's a cool day. Mm-hmm. And lots of sun, I understand, way northwest part of the province, but I think it's kind of cloud and sun and scattered flurries everywhere everywhere else, yeah, you including got it. here. <laughs> okay, let's go to Barry, what say, huh? There's Alrighty. Pat. Good morning, Pat. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I have a cedar hedge mm-hmm. that um, actually I live in a townhouse complex. It's probably about 25 years old. And the cedars are looking rather sad. Mm. Uh, they don't glow anymore. The the um, foliage isn't isn't shiny. Um, they haven't really been looked after, and they get the hot, hot mm. sun all day long during the summer. Mm-hmm. So they're probably pretty tall and scraggly. Well, um, actually, they're not. I had them trimmed down, um, oh, four or five years, and then last summer again. They're about six feet. Mm, okay. And but, is there foliage right down the, the entire hedge to the ground? Or is it naked at the it's bottom? It's getting pretty thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so your question is how to rejuvenate the hedge? How to rejuvenate them, or is it worth, um, can they be rejuvenated? Yeah, well, 25 years. I mean, cedars certainly live longer than 25 years, but it is all about that maintaining them yearly. And when we let them go for 10 or 15 years, and then all of a sudden we go, hmm, that's looking like it needs some work, then it can be a bit, take some time to kind of get them back to looking good and fresh and green and full. Because the point of a cedar hedge is to provide that privacy. We usually plant them so that they will, um, you know, be full and green right to the bottom. Right. Um, so... Um, I was going to ask you a question. All right, so because I, I, oh right, how much sun is is this hedge getting? Are there big trees over top of it at all, or are the- no, there aren't, and it's um, it the the yard just gets the sun right from okay, morning so- until night. Hmm. Okay, you know what? Probably two things are going to make a huge difference for you. One is, and this goes back to what I was just saying to Anne when she was calling about trimming her yew back. With Mm -hmm. older plants, whether it's evergreens, but particularly evergreens, one of the best things we can do for them, if we haven't done it, and we should do it every single spring or fall, is you go to your local, you know, whatever, garden center, and pick up some bags or go to your local farmer and get a delivery of composted manure or whatever kind of high-quality organic matter that you Uh can incorporate. This is an amendment to our existing soil. The soil does get tired. It gets depleted of nutrients. It gets thin. I mean, you look at the... I'm always amazed at the trees in downtown Toronto that are in all the side streets. And the soil is just like... You can tell it's it's like like dust. I mean, there's no quality to it at all. And these big old trees are still hanging in there. One of the best things we can do for these older plants is 
Get that soil juiced up. Get some life into that soil. Get some organic material. That that what will happen, of course, is by providing the organic material, then the life comes. We get the bacteria. We get the worms. We get all kinds of action happening in our soil. And slowly but surely, nutrients are released to our plants. So the plants love it. The life loves it. And and it is a process. It's not a you know miracle grow blink and it's done. But it, but it's a better long term solution rather than pulling out the synthetic is concentrate on, on just getting you don't even have to dig it in just putting a, a half inch to an inch of nice juicy organic material around that cedar hedge the roots of that hedge uh-huh. the length of the hedge and the width uh, double of it on the surface it, and you can if you have a digging fork if it's really hard soil get your fork and just move the soil open, you know, sort of open up the soil a bit and get some air down in there, get some moisture down in there. Plant will love it. Um, the cedar hedge and all hedges, remember when they're being trimmed, if somebody's helping you with your pruning and trimming, make sure that they're, that the hedge is pruned narrower at the top and wider at the bottom. Not the opposite. Typically, that's the typical oh, okay. thing, Actually, isn't it? Yeah. They were just cut across the top. Okay, so the cutting the top will encourage width, which is fine, but now they need to be sheared so that they're narrower. See, they'll, there's more sun hitting the top, so you'll have more growth at the top, and mm-hmm. plant, the cedars tend to get wider at the top, shading the bottom. So when they start shading the bottom, now all of a sudden we're getting all scraggly and see through at the bottom. So it's a very definitive shearing or pruning of the hedge so just slightly wider along the bottom and narrow at the top and it's fine if it's got kind of a curved top across Mm -hmm. the six foot uh, height of the hedge that's all fine but it is a shaping thing and again i think you'll see with adding the compost shaping the hedge properly you'll get a whole bunch of new growth happening in there and suddenly the hedge will look much better okay that's great okay you're very Thanks welcome. a lot for your help. Uh, you're, you're My welcome. pleasure. Let what's, us know. What's the weather like up there in Barrie this morning, Pat? It's snowing. I knew oh, you were going to say that. Is that right? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. It's been snowing for a couple hours now. Oh, oh you going to get out there and shovel like that much snow? Um, no, not quite that much. Okay, but good. if it keeps going very long, I probably will because oh, there's man. a lot of ice underneath yes. still. Yes, exactly. Oh, well, be boy. careful. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm sure the skiers are happy, but three more days. Wednesday, three it's spring. Days. <laughs> I'll be counting the sleep. Exactly. Okay. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning, Pat. So nice to Thank have you uh, along. And uh, to anybody else, hey, the lines are open right now. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, we would love to receive a phone call from you uh, in Toronto. If you'd like to ask Charlie a question or make a comment, uh, here's the number, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, don't care where you are, White River, Rick up there in White River, hadn't heard for you in a long <laughs> while, 1-866-740-4740. Okay, okay, so yeah. let me just tell you, uh, for anybody in the Toronto area who might be a member, it's not expensive to be a member at the Toronto Botanical Gardens and well worth it. Mm-hmm. They, I'm holding in my hand the program guide for winter and spring, and this is just chock full of amazing, uh, sometimes it's like just a one-night event. For example, put on your calendar uh, April the 4th, Thursday evening, April the 4th, Jay Cossey, who is a nature photographer and garden enthusiast, will demonstrate 
demonstrate how to attract and support butterflies in our gardens and share his extensive collection of images detailing butterflies at all stages, which uh, obviously would be very educational and fun to see. So that's part of the TBG lecture series. Now, with that lecture, a special lecture series, there is a cost to get in unless you're a member. So members are free. Members can bring friends for only $10. Mm-hmm. Uh, students are with ID are only $12. But, um, you know, like I said, I think it's $20 a year to be a member. Wow. Yeah. You're um, going to save that in oh, extra yeah, goodies. Be, because, the, you know, then just going to the regular programming, they do have ongoing courses. So some of them will go on for a number of weeks, you know, every Monday and Tuesday night kind of thing. Yep. But I'm just looking at a brand new one here for uh, this week, Wednesday, March 20th. So I guess next week. Um, there's a brand new one-day uh, event, Habitats for Pollinators and Beneficial Insects. So, same kind of subject yeah, yeah. as the um, Cossie one. And this is Sean James, who will be instructing. And uh, Sean, our listeners will know, and you've met Sean as well. Mm-hmm. But he was here when you were in Florida uh, back in February. So, again, this one does have a small cost attached, but um, there is just like all kinds. Growing native plants from seed, balcony container gardening, garden design 101, um, practice Practical perennials, you know, sedges and grasses, to turn food waste into <laughs> compost. It just goes on and on. So and that's just a one small, that's two small pages. There's multi, multi pages. Okay, so, good tip. So, yes, if you're looking for some fun educational opportunities, check out the TorontoBotanicalGarden.com. All righty. Uh, Sandra from Etobicoke on the line. Good morning, Sandra. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Charlie, I'm going to have a problem, I think, with rabbits this year for the first time ever. Oh, yeah. Have you been seeing them in the garden? Yes. Uh, also nice little tracks in the snow. Have but you? we have actually seen them. Um, have you seen any damage to any of the trees or shrubs on your property? Like bark missing? Well, I can't really get to them at the moment. Okay, so you're going to look closely <laughs> when you can, because that's what... It's been a winter that the rabbits have been eating a lot of bark. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yes. Well, I do have evergreens. Because yeah. um, gir- what happens is they eat the bark all the way around in a ring yeah. that's called girdling, and then that will kill the plants. Okay, so is there something I can do to stop that? What about that? wire around the tree at you can't a base? do it now. It's no. all ground is frozen. Of course. So, yeah. yeah, but in the fall, you, Frank is right, setting up like a little... Um, chicken wire type cylinder around the base but of course that wire has to be um put down under the ground a little bit and what happens of course is when it snows the rabbits travel on top of the snow so Mm -hmm. and if we have like two feet of snow all of a sudden the rabbits are two feet up the stems so if we are doing that chicken wire cylinder we we don't just make it a short little six inch thing it's got to be you know three feet or a meter tall right to to truly protect at this time so you're seeing all their little tracks just trying to think the yeah i th- i'm not sure why but i have certainly seen a lot of rabbits all of a sudden but you know it is the circle of life right yep. Yep. rabbit yep. population goes up hawk population goes up rabbit population goes down hawk population goes down <laughs> like it, it all these populations go together and well, if there's lo- have hawks as well but um i've never actually seen rabbits in our garden there is a park across the road mm-hmm. so you know it's possible that yeah they could from. be hanging out there and also the coyotes they do a good job controlling yeah. mm-hmm. the um the rabbits that's that's one of the things that I remember hearing the um horticulturalist who runs 
uh, Fort York Gardens, uh-huh. just here down uh, right at the under the at the Bentway, and the whole family of coyotes in the garden last spring with babies and the little babies were out frolicking on the lawns and being like <laughs> little puppies, right? And the public was loving it. And the the horticulturalist was asked by the media, "Well, don't you? What are you going to do about those coyotes? Like you want to get rid of them?" And he went, "Are you kidding? I love these coyotes. They totally control the <laughs> yeah. rabbits so, right. <laughs> that are would be eating the gardens. So yeah, you, you know, it's one of those things." But I, what's just going to come to mind quickly, there is a product called Plant Skid. So it's one word, plant, P-L-A-N-T, and then S as in Sam, mm-hmm. K as in Katie. My, Katie, thank you. I was going to say Keenan, my son. <laughs> y, and then D-D, so D as in Dobbin twice, Plant Skid. This is a, a repellent, something that you spray onto plants to repel deer, rabbits, voles, and small critters. It's completely organic. It has been, it's most effective. It's long-lasting. It was developed, I believe, in Finland to control elk. <laughs> and turns out it controls all everything. Wow, that's yeah, okay. so it's it's very well recommended, and I have seen it for sale at you know a, you're from Etobicoke, so Sheridan Nursery for sure will have mm-hmm. it. You may even find it at a Home Depot or a Canadian Tire, and they are probably at this time of year getting all that stuff out onto the shelf. Right. So now, can I use that on vegetables? Yes, as far as I know, because just looking at the pamphlet, is it safe to use? Can I use this on my vegetables? Yes. It is safe for use in protecting vegetables, legumes, fruit, and other food crops from animal browse damage. Because that's what I was worried about, you know. I'm just nibbling all the new growth as we start to plant vegetables and bulbs. That that would be available at uh, most uh, garden centers. Yeah, it should be available at any good garden center. And, of course, how often do I need to treat my plants? Always treat new growth until the plant has reached full size or leaf out. So it is a liquid formulation, lasts up to six months over the winter Mm -hmm. on dormant plants and three to four months during the active growing season because the, the new growth won't have been treated. And, of course, the rabbits or deer... Could nibble on new growth. On new growth, yeah. so rain wouldn't wash it off. No, it's not. It's, it's rain. It's impermeable to rain, apparently. Wow. Oh. So give it a try. I will indeed. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, thanks, for thanks Sandra. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a great day. Um, we have to take another little break here, but uh, the lines are still open. Of course, four one six three six zero zero seven forty in Toronto, anywhere in the province. It's toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And when we come back, which will be very shortly, uh, we're going to be saying hi to Brenda in Dundas, Ontario. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's say hi to Brenda in Dundas, Ontario. Good morning, Brenda. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, I have a question about a little calanco. Calancho, yep. Calanco. Uh, or calanco, Some, you know, co-e, sometimes people pronounce it. Uh, okay. Anyway, somebody gave it to me way back, probably around Christmas time or before. Mm-hmm. And when the flowers, when those, all those little bunchy flowers died, mm-hmm. I cut back the stem. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I did the right thing. And I thought, well, I'll keep it for the leaves anyway. Mm-hmm. So lo and behold, uh, it started to grow again. Mm-hmm. And I got this long, tall stem, mm-hmm. and I've got flowers again mm-hmm. on Good. the top. Now, my question is, when these flowers die... 
do I cut the stem, this long stem back, or do I just cut the top? What do I do with it? So, Calancho is an interesting plant. It, it's great you're having good success getting flowers in the winter. It means you've obviously got it in a perfect location in your house. Oh. Lots and lots of sun and obviously only watering when absolutely necessary. Mm. But what it does is when you buy them, they've got these nice little um, sort of beautifully formed flowers. And there's coming yellow and pink and orange. They're super bright and cheerful. You're seeing them in all the grocery stores at this time of year because they're just a really nice indoor plant, bright and cheerful. When a flower finishes, instead of new flowers coming from below, the new flowers actually come from beyond, which is what you found, that when you took yeah. t- took off the flower stem, a new flower stem grew, and it's longer, and now it's sending out flowers. And so the, it's always challenging. Like, how do you ever deadhead a calancho? Because you feel like when you're deadheading it, you're taking off new stuff, uh, and yet it looks kind of ugly with the old stuff. Yeah. So what I try and do is I just try and sort of leave them alone for a, a couple of weeks, and then every now and then go in there with a pair of scissors and just selectively take out the dead, dried-up, you know, sort of tissuey old flowers, um, just yeah, for cleaning up purposes. Really there's brown leaves and things, yeah. Yeah, brown leaves you can take off any time. Right. But, okay. the, yeah, the little brown crispy flowers can also just be, you know, sort of taken out. But if you if you do a whole scale like we would normally do, deadhead the plant, now all of a sudden you're, you're going to say, oh, where'd all my flowers go? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. they're not there anymore. So, um, so, so what they, do I do about this great long stem when these flowers die? Just enjoy the stem. When the flowers die, mm-hmm. um, look closely. Look to see new buds should be forming lower on the plant. Down, I can see them. Yeah, look yeah. Mm-hmm. In the leaf, what we call the leaf axle, so where the leaf joins the main stem, you should see some little buds starting to form in there. So when this long stem with the flowers on it is completely crispy, mm-hmm. just with your scissors remove from where it's growing from. And, and leave the little things that are growing at the bottom? Exactly, because that's okay. going to come back up and give you more flowers. All right, now then, can I put it outside in the, in the spring? Definitely. Once we're frost-free, it's going to be very happy outside. Is it one of those, like, what you call a succulent? Is it yes. like hot sun? Um, I've had my best success with those outside in the summer in actually a fairly shady location. Oh, oh um, really? Yeah, okay. I mean, they will take the sun, if you want to, but you have to slowly move them into the sun. Start mm-hmm. them in the shade once we're frost-free, Give them a week or two in a shady spot, and then over a period of an, a number of weeks, slowly more sun, more wind, more real world, and then you won't burn the leaves. So if you go straight into oh. the sun, you'll just get all kinds of sunburn. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Brenda. Right. Bye. Bye-bye now. Have a great day. Thank yeah. you for joining us here. For sure. It's The Garden Show. We're on the air from Zoomer Radio, AM 740, broadcasting live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. I got a cute story okay. from this past Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the station rather early uh, doing some work, and, and uh, the morning crew, Neil, Sam, and Jane, said, Hey, Frankie, we want you to come into the studio about 20 to 9. I said, yeah, sure, what's going on? Well, no, Larry McGinnis, our program director, has a little story that you're going to enjoy because you're kind of part of the story. I said, well, okay, fine. So we'll get him in there, and uh, Larry, they conferenced him in on the phone, and he was telling a story about what happened the day before on the Wednesday, last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He and Moses were over at the uh, MZ Television Museum, right. which is in our, our complex here. And, of course, being March break, a lot of tours going through, kids, you know, right. so forth. And a young fellow, they found out later, was 11 years of age, but he approached Moses. And he said, hi, Mr. Zneimer, I just want to tell you that I love AM740 Radio. Well, oh, wow. Moses said, 
Well, isn't that nice? What do you like about it? What is it? I, just, I love the morning show. They tell the great, great jokes and have fun and they play great music. And I love theater of the mind. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. Oh, just, wait a minute. That's on theater, like midnight. That's yeah. on at 10 o'clock uh, at night. Yeah. Do your parents let you stay up to? And, and uh, <laughs> the kid says, well, no, I listen in my bedroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Under know. the covers, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. But we're trying to get a That's hold so of him. That's so great. We're trying to get a hold of this a- 11 young 11-year-old fan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not a Zoomer by any means. No, he's not so, a millennial. He's, he's listening to all these shows uh, from the 40s and the early 50s, but you know? But that's the best. I love oh. radio yep. theater. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's all in your mind. Like, well, theater of the mind. Right. It's all what you, you know, exactly. the creativity. Yeah. It's what you envision. Now, so what we want is to try and find, find out that, that young man to get him into the station. We'll treat him for a whole day. He'll be king of the day, you know, and uh, <laughs> introduce him to all the announcers and all that sort of stuff. And, wow. And just have a great time. He'd probably uh, love that. So if, if you happen to be a mom or dad tuned in to the garden show and you think, that little son of a gun, I know he does that. <laughs> you get a hold of us here at Zoomer Radio. And you can what actually, would be the number to call? Yeah, actually, what you do is send me a, an email. That'd be right. terrific. Yeah. F. Proctor. That's P-R-O-C-T-O-R at M-Z media.com okay and or, mz media is yeah. one word that's right dot com yeah and and just tell me who the kid is so we can get in touch we want get, to the, the, get this young fella That'd and uh, recognize him yeah you know? yeah anyway okay that's there cool. you go uh we are up to our next break here charlie so the lines are continuing to yeah, be open here 416-360-0740 anywhere in the province toll free 1-866-740-4740 back in a Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie, we're going to take a little trip to Oshawa right now. There's Philip. Good morning, Philip. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Yeah, you had a lady on with cedars. I have a really quick tip. Yeah. Um, Years ago, a neighbor bought a... uh, horticultural, you know, emerald cedars, Mm -hmm. and I have a great big hedge of uh, eastern white cedars. Well, his started to turn brown, Mm -hmm. and then mine started to, Mm -hmm. and then I found out it was eastern white cedar borers Mm -hmm. in the leaves, and I went to a garden center, and they had some experts there that day. They said you can't buy anything now. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, what I found is if you, about June the 20th here, Mm -hmm. uh, the little moths come out. Right. If you spend a week spraying your cedars with soapy water to kill the moths, wipe them out. Right, and it's it's you know it's not very it's easy to do, not that harmful, mm-hmm. and it could, because they seem to be spreading everywhere. So anyhow, just to tip the That's... lady that had the cedars, they often look ratty because they have if you. Open up the leaves, uh, you'll see the tiny little caterpillars inside the leaves. And you'll see tunnels. If you don't see the little yeah. larvae, you'll see that the stem... But it's in the tips, like you said. Yeah, where you pull off the little brown piece. Yeah. You see a little... But anyhow, it, it's, I found it really effective. It, all the cedars recovered. That's great, yeah. And the soap works for sure. And you were obviously spraying yeah, just, the just adults. Soap. I just use, you know, any old palm olive or whatever, oh, just soap. Really? In a, in a hose and spray. Right. Right. Yeah, and you got to have thorough coverage of the insect. Would you suggest safer soap? Is yeah, that so, a soap is better than a detergent, <clears throat> technically, to kill the insects. But that, the main thing is you kept them from laying You know laying what? Eggs. It works fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I've got like 120 feet of cedars. Yeah, wow. Well, good, good, good tip. 
Okie dokie. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Phil. I hope Pat is listening. Right. Uh, um, yeah, because what it is is the, the, these little borers, well, those yeah. moths mm-hmm. lay eggs on the little tips of the cedar leaves, and then the eggs hatch, and they ha- what they hatch into little worms, right, yeah. or larvae, yeah. and they start tunneling inside. So it's you see the death of the cedar on the tips. So it's not on the inside. It's all on the outside mm-hmm. edges, and that's one of the giveaways that you've got the borers. Oh, okay. um, and then, yeah. like um, Philip just said, you can break a t- break off that foliage and look, it'll yep. be hollow. The stems will be hollow. Um, you know what we've come up with at the mm-hmm. house is a, pa- a pantry moths. Little, oh, yeah, yeah. Little yeah. Ba- and they are son of a gun to get rid of. That you have to empty the pantry. And <clears> just <throat> wash it out yep. completely. You have to take, because uh, I've had this before, yep. too. So you, every box of crackers, because even unopened boxes with plastic bags yeah, inside, yeah. like oatmeal or flour, yeah. If you, they could be in there. The only thing they're not in would be jars that are sealed tight, right, yeah. or or plastic uh, that's sealed. You know, Tupperware that's sealed oh, tight. Oh, surely, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's a big. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of tossing. It's oh, the only way you can yeah. get rid of them. You have to go through absolutely everything and likely yeah. toss. And if in doubt, toss. Well, yeah, we've got little cards that attract them, and, and but yeah, they no. they keep multiplying. They're there. You know, they're, they're in the yeah. grains somewhere. Oh, lordy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, know what ha- you okay. know what happened to me one time? I ended up, I was given for a Christmas or birthday some bird seed that are, it's kind of a cool, yeah. the, these cylinders that I use out in the garden. And I had two or three of the cylinders just sitting on a shelf near my back door. Mm. And it turned out they came with um, some insects that obviously it was you know an error on the part of the birdseed store and they apologized profusely but suddenly I had things flying around it's like where are they coming <laughs> from and I automatically I went right you know to my flour and my crackers yep. but there was no evidence of insects anywhere near the grains so then I kept now I was chasing the moths down to see where they were coming <laughs> from and finally realized they were coming from the birdseed oh, so God I now ke- always keep yeah. that out in the garage okay <laughs> you know I'm I'm you, I'm surprised you haven't heard my tummy rumble. You're I'm that hungry. Star- I'm really starved. You, you're and hungry because it's my turn to buy. That, uh, that's probably right. I think it's completely Steak connected. No, I really... think dry toast will be good for you. <laughs> as, <laughs> extra as jam. Folks, you can most, have extra jam. Most people know. Charlie and I, uh, we rehash the show by uh, going over to the Grenadier <laughs> restaurant. the entire week, and, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, at High Park. And uh, I'm, I'm just wondering how long it's going to be before they open up the, the tables outside. Mm-hmm. You know, won't be all that long, maybe. But I think it's more of a summer thing than a, and yeah. then it ends up being hot. So, yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. Um, just before we go, because I know we don't have much time left, uh, I've got a nice little uh, sort of a flyer that came from the Home Garden mm-hmm. Seed mm-hmm. Association. And it's five good reasons to grow your garden from seed. Okay, five good reasons. Number one, you'll have many more choices. And that's true. Go, you know, don't go to buy tomato starter plants. Yeah, what do you get? 10 choices. You do realize that in terms of the tomato choices out there, there are 853 choices. Really? If you grow from seed. Uh, You can control quality when you grow your own seeds. You are the, you are the goddess, Mm -hmm. the god in control of this growing. You know that they're being watered properly, transplanted properly, cared for appropriately. Growing from seed is easy. Easier than anything else, you will save money big time if you grow from seed. And bottom line, it's fun to do. Well, there you are. Yeah. yeah. So, five good reasons to grow from seed. You know, uh, I was thinking about uh, one of our callers a number of weeks ago called in and asked about getting a, a, a planter, or at least a gardening, mm. on a, a stand. Mm-hmm. Like a raised... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm, the word garden I was looking for, thing, raised yeah. garden. 
that really would is dandy for people who have mobility problems. Absolutely. Well, any of us, any of us yeah. appreciate gardening at at standing or waist height or just below yeah. waist height. It's all absolutely optimal. And you, you're seeing more and more of those pre-made, you know, like a like a trough, yep. like a you know, feed the the cattle or the horses trough, but designed for gardening. And they'll often have a wonderful sort of self-watering system in the bottom. Um, I see a couple of them right now available in Costco, mm -hmm. and they're obviously out there in the garden centers as well. Balcony gardeners just doesn't get better than that to have that kind of a beautiful, nice, deep, but put some good proper soil mix into your into yeah. your container gardens. I'm looking forward, as a matter of fact, to my show this afternoon, uh, live in the city from 1 to 3.30. At some point around, I think, 1.45, hopefully I'm going to have a visit from John McDermott. Ah. And uh, I want to talk to him about a wonderful project he's got going at Sunnybrook Hospital for the veterans. Oh, really? It's marvelous. And so we'll be talking more about that. Is it a garden thing? Because, you know, they have some beautiful gardens oh, at Sunnybrook now, for the veterans. Well, there you go. They have a big hort therapy program there. Well, we'll mention that, too. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, we'll definitely uh, play one of his uh, most famous recordings, that of Danny Boy, in oh, honor yeah, of yeah. St. Patty's Day tomorrow. That's a good point. Happy St. Patty's to everybody You've tomorrow. Be careful of yep. the green beer. It's always a bit scary. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Thank Thanks, you, Sebastian. Gerald. Thank you to all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.